This is the ministry from Sovereign Grace Reformed Church in Tiverton, Devon, United Kingdom. They are precious words, aren't they, those, that, those hymns? Trust and obey. Very simple, isn't it? Even a young child can understand that. Once again, dear church family, Mr. Cook, um, as mentioned earlier, is not able to make it this evening. Let's do pray for our brother. Pray that he recovers from his operation swiftly and he's able to carry on with this uh, series in Timothy next week, um, where he's supposed to be coming. So today I'm just kind of filling in the gap uh, with just an individual Bible study really on a, a subject which I think is so important in the days that we're living in because our culture is literally going in the opposite direction and I, I really do think it's something which needs to be spoken on more often. It's the subject of respect for one's elders, having a healthy respect for elders and those in authority. And it, and it must begin, of course, in the heart and in the soul and in the home and in the church of Jesus Christ and in how that outpours to a, to a society. It must be in all, all our thinking, uh, having a healthy respect. The text which I'm looking at this evening, which will be our focus, will be from Leviticus 19.32. Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head. Hoary here is the white head, the grey-headed. In other words, it's referring to the aged, the, the white head, the, the elderly, the, the hoary head. Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honour the face of the old man and fear thy God. I am the Lord Ever wondered why the Lord has given, when the older you get and, and the more grey hairs you're, you're getting, they're coming thick and fast for me nowadays. <laughs> little Lydia, little, my, my girl Lydia was saying, I said, what colour is your beard, Daddy? And I, said, and I asked her to say to her black. It's coming out and I said, it, it's white, Daddy, it's grey. What are you talking about? Oh, it is. So, okay, fair enough. But... Have you ever wondered why we've got, when you get older, your hair goes white? It comes white from everywhere. Eyebrows, sometimes you get black hair, dark eyebrows, I don't understand that, but you get white hair, white, everywhere it starts to go white. Why is that? Why doesn't it go red? Why, why not pink or green? Well, some people want to change that colour, don't they? But why white? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Well, for God has, a, has meant that for a reason, hasn't he? Because it really signifies, really, purity and wisdom. Well, it ought to signify that, isn't it? The older you get, the more experienced you get, the more falls, hopefully, you would have learned from over life. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. Just for your very office sake, that you are an elder, you, you ought to know more than the younger. And so we have this principle here, really, in Scripture, which the Lord has given us, which we all ought to obey, just for the offer's sake, whether you're a Christian or not, thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honour the face of the old man and fear thy God. 
I am the Lord. You know, one of the telling signs of any culture's moral compass and collapse thereof is how they treat their elders, how they treat their elders. And we see in the UK now, and in and, and, and some Western countries, how they, respect, they treat their elders with such disrespect. Uh, it's shocking. You know, often we're in the high street and we see little children turning back at us and mocking us and even swearing at us sometimes and their parents don't say a word. It's disgrace, absolutely disgraceful. And it's, it's just shocking to see how our culture, how children are allowed. And I remember when we moved to South Africa when I was two years old and we came back because my parents got homesick when, when um, I think must have been around about 10 or so when we came back to the UK we lived in Plymouth we went to a school in Plymouth and I, I mean the, South, South Africa has many problems but one thing I did learn in South Africa is discipline the Dutch really teach their children discipline and I was shocked when I went to school that how children talk back to their teachers there's just a disrespect and I was really in shock to how they were, they were actually, they were accommodated in this respect. And it was a disgrace. Um, and I, I think the UK, for all the good things that's going for it, the, the disrespect we see uh, in the school system, just in, in large in this, in this nation and in the West uh, as a whole, is becoming quite scary. And friends, as Christians, we cannot and we must not go along with the culture in this respect. We cannot allow our children to follow suit and accommodate this and tolerate any disrespect at all for the elders. Because the, the minute one tolerates an attitude of disrespect, that's when it opens up the floodgates. They will not, they will not listen to the gospel. They will not listen to anything like that. That has got to be nipped into the bud early, early on. And so today's charge in Leviticus 19.32 primarily concerns young people's treatment of those who have gone before them in life, the elderly. And of course, it has here in mind the broader principle of how we all must submit to the ultimate authority in our lives, the Lord God and his words for our lives. All authority is ordained by God. God has so ordained authority in our lives. We must understand that. Whether it be parents, whether it be in the church, whether it be in civil society, it's all ordained by God. It's his pattern. And if we willingly submit to it and seek to willingly live by it, it will be to our greatest blessing. But if we try to kick against it, as it were, it will be to our greatest soul's Hurt. Our text today says, Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head, and honour the face of the old man, and fear thy God. I am the Lord. The Lord. Why is it here referring to the head and not the feet or the hands? Well, because it's, it's referring to the head, yes, because it's talking about the mind, isn't it? The mind, the more experienced mind, the, 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 the mind that has been more experienced, that has more knowledge over time. Of course, 
this is important in Christian circles in, in particular, but even in secular circles, you, you would expect over time the elderly to, to be more experienced, more knowledgeable. They've had more falls. They've learned more from the mistakes of life, so, or so you would hope. Of course, that's why they're trying to get the voting age lower and lower and lower, aren't they? Uh, because of this very fact. Now, friends, it also it must be said that it ought to be ought to be said that it is the great responsibility of the aged to show themselves to be examples to the younger as well, in both word and practice. So, I'm not just <laughs> I hope I'm not just picking on the younger. This involves all of us in terms of authority, but it ought to be the aged's responsibility to show themselves really to be those who are following that which is right in word and practice. And this, of course, is especially true in Christian circles, where elderly men and women ought to be grave and serious concerning the things of God. And they must be found in the way of righteousness, in terms of their speech, in terms of their conduct, and in terms of their appearance and how they live their lives, as the scriptures rightfully teach us. But with that said, it is the duty for every young person, especially those who profess the name of Christ, to value the the aged, as it were, to value their elders. And not only to value them, but to, to have their comfort in mind as well, to be thankful to God for them, to learn from those who have gone before us, as it were, in those paths. And have a respect to them that it may be well with our souls. It's so important in, 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 in our day and age. Because sad to say in our day and age now is that elderly age, the older you get in our age, the more you're forgotten about in secular circles in our culture. You know, this, we've got this attitude of, well, they just put them into an old age home and, and forget about them. And that is not... That should not be the case in terms of Christian circles. The Christian circles is actually a beautiful thing in terms of when someone becomes, especially if they're found in the way of righteousness, because they're building up this knowledge and sanctification. They've been through a hundred trials in life. And so they, they can depart this experiential wisdom to the youth. So, and this is a great blessing. A great blessing. We think of Samuel. Poor Samuel, when he was, uh, when the children of Israel wanted this king, wanted a king. They despised poor old Samuel. They wanted a king to, to be like all these kings of the nations round about them. They looked upon Samuel, uh, who they were mightily blessed with, and they looked upon him with scorn, as it were. Uh, and they wanted all what the nations had. And it's a bit like our, our nation nowadays. We, we look upon the elderly and the wisdom that we can glean from them with scorn in that respect. And it's all about listening to the youth now, this, this rebellious spirit of the youth. Well, well, the youth ought to be the parents, as it were. We need to, we need to, it's all about the youth now. And that is completely contrary to the scripture. Remember how in Genesis 9, Ham disrespected his father, Noah, and our brother recently mentioned that in the, in the series he's doing, and how it really revealed 
real, reveal to, him, to, 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 to us the state of his heart that Ham really wanted to bring his father to shame. I mean, Noah, Noah, um, he, he, he had a one-off. This, was, this wasn't a pattern. He, he drunk and, and he ended up in this nakedness. But this was not typical of Noah. This, this was a, a completely out of, out of the yard. It's not, it wasn't the pattern. Yet Ham was there to reveal the nakedness of his father, to really undermine his father and mock his father and reveal, to, to show to everyone, really, of his father. It was really a, really a disrespect for, the, 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 his father, for his father and, more importantly, the God of his father. He wanted to bring his father to shame and disrespect and undermine his father. That's really what he wanted to do, undermine the God of his father. And he, so he revealed this nakedness. And, of course, his other, Noah's other uh, sons were very careful, weren't they, to cover up the nakedness of their father, as it were. But Ham, you see, he showed this great contempt for his father, this disrespect, this mocking attitude, as it were, and, of course, he was cursed because of it. And so there are all these lessons that we can learn from, isn't there? Remember how Rehoboam, Solomon's son in 1 Kings, listened not to his fathers, his wise old fathers, counsel, those wise old men, as it were, concerning uh, those who were tributaries to them. And he listened to the younger men, didn't he, for counsel. And, of course, it just all went wrong, didn't it? And it ended up an absolute mess. And remember how in John 8 there was the woman caught in adultery. And the, and the Pharisees said in verse 5 to her, Moses and the Lord commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? And Christ said to her, it said to them, that he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And something amazing happens. We don't pick this up sometimes in the detail of Scripture, but it says in verse 9, They which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest. We sometimes skip over these things very subtly, beginning at the eldest. The eldest was convicted that I'm guilty of, of this as well. And he led the way, as it were, departed, as, as it were, beginning at the eldest. In Proverbs 20, verse 29, it says, The glory of young men is their strength, and the beauty of old men is their grey head. Do you, do you feel beautiful because <laughs> you've got a grey head? I don't think so. But you see, in Christian circles, you see, the Christian circles, that is a beautiful thing. You know, it's, it's like silver is tried in a furnace of fire. It's like the word of God. When, a, when a, a Christian through 30, 40, 50 years, as it were, through trusting in, in the word of God and, and the Lord and his promises, undergoes so many trials, so many afflictions, and he's over, over by faith over, over all years, years, able to overcome all these afflictions, all these trials, the head... That white head is like silver, as it were, tried in fire. It reflects the wisdom. It reflects the wisdom and the purity which the word, and I'm talking about in Christian circles now, 
that the word of God have. And that's why the Lord really says here, thou shalt rise up before the hoary head. Not, not only for their office, for the office that they are an elder, but also, especially in Christian circles, to give them double honour, because we are to be thankful for such. We are to respect such. We are to glean from them, to hang off those words, as it were, to sit at their feet and to learn and not think that we can put the world right by what we think is right. But we must go, as it were, to the old paths. So important that we get this. And so, friends, the hoary head, if it be found in Christian honour, can be likened to this silver that it, that it goes through the earth, as it were, through many trials, much fire and sanctification. And, and so, so, this is so true with the hoary head as well. In Revelation 1.14, John's vision of Christ saw that his head and his, his hairs were like, like wool, weren't they? Of course, this is symbolic, but it, it was like wool and as white as snow. Infinite purity here. Infinite wisdom here. And of course, we're not saying that this is true, that elderly people have infinite wisdom, but there is a purity there. There is a, 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 an, an experience there that can be gleaned from, from the young. Jeremiah 6.16 says, Ask for the old paths, wherein is the good way, and walk therein. And this is completely countercultural, isn't it? Ask for the old paths. Ask, esteem those things which, which, which are of old, as it were. But the, the, the up-and-coming generation is progressive. Oh, we must look. We must look to, to these things, to the, to the progressive side of things. We must, but really as Christians, we look to Christ, don't we? And the good things that he has given and friends, the, the spirit of the age really is upon us as a society. The, the same within the 60s and the, and the 70s, this looseness, as it were. And it really has affected many families. And it, it's sad to say, it's affected many churches as well, where disrespect for one's elders is now actually being accommodated and tolerated. Even, sadly to say, in many churches today. And when that is tolerated, and when that is accommodated, so ensues disorder in churches and, and every vile work under the sun. God wants us to be soldiers, Christian soldiers. There must be regiment. There must be order, as, as it were. I suppose that's why, in terms of eldership, it, it gives us, in terms of families, that the qualifications of Alva must have his family in subjection, in, in order, in regiment, as it were. And so, friends, order is so important. The answer, of course, to these woes is a very, very simple one. We must get back to the word of God. You know, it's, it's so simple for us to say where we stand upon the word of God. And we, we could say these things, we can give all the, the lip service, but are we actually doing it? Are we heartily doing it? Are we putting in place those things? Are we move, is, does our faith move us to actually put in, put in place these things and to seek 
God's face in these things. And to die to ourselves. And by, if people say, well, that's so old-fashioned, that's so rigid of you to have that view. But it doesn't matter what our culture thinks. It's what the, what's, what the Word of God thinks. We must get back to the Word of God for our ultimate authority on authority. And some people say, well, that's not fair. That's not fair. You know, we're all, all of us are going to be under authority, whether we like it or not, at some stage, whether that's in the home, whether that's in society, whether that's in church. We're all under authority. At the workplace, we're under authority. The feminists will say, I don't want to be under a man's authority, but then we'll go to work and I'll be under another man's authority. And vice versa. We're all going to be under authority. And in fact, we shouldn't actually want to be under authority. Because the more authority that God gives us, the more responsibility is upon us. And so it's a grave, it is a grave thing. And so really to help with this, let us consider the following three points of application. Let us rise up before the hoary head, as it were, and respect the authority that God has ordained in his word, firstly, in our homes and in our families. Firstly, in our homes and in our families. Secondly, in the church of Jesus Christ. And thirdly, in society at large. How that outpours into society at large. And so firstly, let us respect those in authority and our elders in our homes. Friends, if we do not teach our children to rise up before the hoary head and to honour the face of the old man and to fear thy God, if we, do, if we do not do that in, in, in our homes, how do, how do we expect our children to rise up to any authority at all? How do we expect them to, to rise up to the Lord, the authority that the Lord does? You see, this is so fundamental, fundamentally important. It must begin with the home. It has to begin with the home. Because if, it's not, if this is not cultivated and taught in the home, then it's, those children are going to become a menace to society. They're going to grow up and they're going to become disorderly. As, and we, we, that's what we're seeing, this brokenness in our homes. So it must begin with the home. It's not the minister's responsibility to teach our children to be respectful. It's not the Sunday school's person's responsibility to teach our children to be respectful. It's the parents. Parents must take this responsibility to bring their children up and to bring them to have a healthy respect. And especially in Christian circles, this must be cultivated and taught in any at even the slightest attitude of disrespect must be nipped in the bud early, as it were, because it will grow and it will flourish. Remember Ruth. Remember Ruth lost her husband and Naomi lost her two sons and her husband. And Ruth has this, being a Moabitess and having embraced the God of Israel, her, her mother-in-law's uh, God, Naomi's God, she had those wonderful words to say, didn't she? Your, your people will be my people. Where you lay your head, I will lay my head. She had in mind her mother's honour and comfort and thankfulness 
as it were. She, she had a deep honour and respect for her mother. And it was said of Ruth, wasn't it? It was said of Ruth that uh, the scriptures uh, say that, that she was accounted more than seven sons. Thy daughter, which loveth thee, is, is, is counted, she is counted more than seven sons to thee because of that respect and love and honour of her mother. And, and, and indeed, that was, of course, because of her love for the Lord. That's what the love for the Lord creates. A deep respect for those who God has, has put. Because we know that he is sovereign. It is really telling. If you see a, a young person and they show a pattern of undermining, of being disrespectful, of trying to divide parents, as it were, trying to choose cases, or even in the church or civil society, if you see a pattern of that, you know there's something wrong in that, that, one, that person's heart. Because if they're not able to show respect on an earthly level, how are they going to do so with a heavenly level? Because God sees the heart. And so we must see this. And we see Ruth here as a shining example in this respect. Because she loved the Lord, as it were. But Ruth's sister, on the other hand, you don't, you don't hear these words about her because she went straight back into pagan territory, didn't she? She didn't have that respect and that love for her mother that Ruth did. Ephesians 6.4 says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Of course, parents must not exacerbate their children and provoke them to wrath. And I must say, I can tease a little bit, can't I? And I'm, <laughs> I can be guilty of these things. But it says, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. In the nurture, the love and the admonition of the Lord, the warning, as it were. Notice it is the fathers who must lead. Do you notice that? Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up. It's a father's responsibility to lead their households in the things of God. And our culture does not want that to happen. It's, it's, it's a father's prime responsibility to bring, as it were, back the altar into the family worship. It's, it's almost forgotten about now in Christian circles now. Fathers must lead their homes in family worship, in cultivating a day-to-day a, 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 a -day life that is centred around the Lord and his word, as it were. So often I've seen where you have Christians and have children, and one's gone off to the gym, that another one's gone off to their mates, another one's gone off to some other club or their friends, and there's no family altar in the house. There's no devotional family time with the, with the children in the house. The telly is on, my favourite programme. You do what you want to do and I'll do what I want to do. That is so unbiblical. And it, it, we can teach the children authority, but if we're not cultivating it in our homes and obeying the Lord, it's all for nothing. And so fathers, fathers bring them up. In the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Fathers must lead. And our culture, our feministic culture, does not want that to happen. Isaiah again 3.12 says, As for my people, children are their oppressors 
and women rule over them. That was a curse, wasn't it? That when we see a culture, and we're seeing this in the UK now, and it's really, it's, it's, it's come in now, sad to say, into many Christian homes, where there's no order and regiment in the home anymore. There's no leading. And I believe inside of every man, inside every man, there is a desire to lead. There is a desire. God has put that desire to lead their families, to, to help their families. But our culture, you see, it really wants to tear a man down. It wants to destroy God's order and God's authority. But we must be those who are bold and stand for God's authority. We must not put up with it. We must not give in to feministic lies. God has an order which is proven and tried, and we must embrace it. Notice the biblical authority must first have in mind love. This is done out of love. This is not about what someone thinks, oh, look at that man, look at the reputation. No, no, no. This is about love for that person's soul, for our children's never-dying souls. That's what is at stake here. A TV program, a fitness thing, whatever it is, that's not going to last. But children's souls are what's going to last. And that's why it's a priority in this respect. But equally, there must be nurture first and love. But equally, there must be admonition, warning, as it were. And the warning is not, is not a fatherly warning. It's, it's a warning of the Lord. Admonition of the Lord. The, the, you're, you're teaching your children, this is what the Lord says. This is what the Lord, this, this is why we must do it. It's not because of I want you to, to, I want to lord over you or this person wants to lord over you or I want people to think of me in such a way. I want this because I want you to love the Lord. I want you to truly be blessed and know of God's guidance and blessing. You see, we must do so in the Lord's name. Because the Lord must be honoured in our lives. It's the Lord's honour at stake here. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour thy father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise. Notice, the only commandment God gives, that he gives a promise there. It's a promise Ruth believed in that promise, didn't she? And she was mightily blessed. Children, if they obey their parents in the Lord, they glean from their words in terms of the scriptures and trust in them. Well, there's a wonderful promise that God promises he will give to them, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. The faith, the faith once delivered to the saints, will carry on in the land. That, that, they, that will be prolonged from generation to generation. Children who lovingly seek to obey their parents and the Lord will avoid the many pitfalls in life, will they not? God has made a promise to obedient children here. We think of Moses, how Moses... Moses, he was so busy with all the work that he had and his, fa- his father-in-law Jethro said to him, Moses, well, you need to, you need to start delegating this work and, and you, you can't do these things by yourself. And Moses, well, he could have been, pride could have gone up. What are you talking about? I've led the children out of, out of the Red Sea with God's help and all these things. He didn't say that, no. 
he took his father-in-law's advice. Of course, he listened to his father-in-law, and it was a great help. Of course, the scripture furnishes us with many other examples of those who, of course, bad examples of those who disrespect God's authority and who are disobedient. We think of Aaron's sons, who, who, who went against the express commandments of the Lord and of their father, and they played with strange fire, didn't they? And they were burnt. And that's where we get the expression of, don't you? Getting burnt with fire, as it were. And they were burnt because they disobeyed. In 2 Kings 2, they were the children who mocked Elijah. Remember that, that, that horrific account where they called Elijah those names. They called him bald man. Go up thou bald man, as it were. Um, and, of course... They, a bear came out and rent them, as, as it were. You see, if children are so emboldened to, as it were, have a crack at the aged, if, if, when a, ch- a young child is so emboldened to, to mock and have a go at the elderly, they are going to go on to cause much mischief in their life. If at such a young age they're going to go on, they're going to go on in life. So these things must be nipped in the bud, must they not? Absalom, David's son, for years, didn't he, sought to undermine his father's kingship, didn't he? He went into the gate, didn't he? Oh, that I, oh, that I would judge the people. And he had all these dreams, as it were. He wanted to be king. And for years and years and years and years, he sought to undermine his father. And Whenever the people came in to see the king, he was there. Well, I will, he flattered them with his words. He stole the heart of the people away from the rightful authority of the king, as it were. And it did not end well with him, didn't he? He thought he had the upper hand. But of course, the ultimate authority knew about this, didn't he? The Lord knew. And all his, all his devices, all his secret Planning and plotting came to nothing in the end. A disrespect for authority and an undermining of it shows a disrespect for God. That's what it shows. Romans 13.1 says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whenever we feel inside of us that's... Uh, suppose that desire or that passion to complain about the government or about this person or that, that person. Let us remember that passage. God has ordained the powers that be. It's of God. And, and sometimes it's for a judgment of a people because we deserve it. And sometimes it's for a blessing of a people. But if we are following that which is right, willingly in Christ, well, the Lord will, like, like he did with the remnant of people always make provision for them. Think of Nehemiah. Uh, that Babylonian king wasn't a terror unto him, was a great blessing unto him. You see, these things, if, if, if we submit to these things, well, God will see us through. And this now brings us to our second point of application, and that is respecting God's order and authority in the church of Jesus Christ. We thought about the home. Now let us think about 
the Lord Jesus, uh, in the Church of Jesus Christ. Just as a family needs leadership and order, so does the Church of Jesus Christ, with pastors and elders and deacons and so on. There must be order and there must be regiment. We cannot be just be governed by our good feelings. You know, so many churches nowadays are just governed by good feelings, good intentions, as, as it were. It must, there must be an order and a regiment. And so it says in 1 Timothy 5.17, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honour, especially they who labour in, in the word and doctrine. For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the labourer is worthy of his reward. You see, sometimes troublemakers, they muzzle the ox, as it were. And by doing so, they, they really, they, they, and I'm not saying we can all fall in this respect, but I'm saying, talking about people who show a pattern of continually just being contentious, troublemakers in the Church of Jesus Christ, always contending, always criticising, always making trouble, as it were, muzzling the ox, muzzling the ox that's going to feed them, spiritually speaking. That's what the, 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 the passage is bringing out. In any church of Jesus Christ, is that they're hurting their own souls by being critical. Just There's things wrong in their life, so they come and they want to be critical and make, be, make trouble, as it were. And it really is, 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 is proud the orderly thing to do and the right thing to do is, 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 and ministers are not perfect, elders are not perfect, deacons are not per perfect. The right and proper thing to do is if a person has a problem, go and speak to that person in private and seek to lovingly, with humility and love, speak to that person and try to resolve your differences in Christian love and humility. But don't make a show of it. Don't, don't, don't tear apart the Church of Jesus Christ and be critical and divide, as it were. That's, that's one of the things that God hates, doesn't he? He hates those who make, de de deliberately make division, as it were. And so we see here this, this order. God wants order in the Church of Jesus Christ. It says in 1 Peter 5, 5, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility, as we read earlier. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. There's that wonderful clause there right at the end of that. God, and he giveth grace to the humble. He resists the proud. So whether, so whether the younger rise up against the elder, God will resist them. God will not give grace to those who are younger and who rise up against the, the elders. And likewise, elders who abuse the roles and the positions and the authority that God has given them, God too will resist them. You see, there, there, there is a balance here. There's a beauty here, an order here. God is in control of these things. It's, it's just a matter of roles here. And being obedient to the, the roles that God has given to us. And it's all to his glory. 1 Timothy 5, 1 through 2, 2 says, Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, 
the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters, with all purity. We see here a loving, orderly family, don't we? In Christ, that's why we say church family. We're a loving family. Christ is our head. He is our ultimate authority. We're following his words. Do we teach our children to love God's ministers and God's people? You know, so often I've heard it in times past where people have said, said uh, in front of their children, speaking badly about ministers or other people in front of their children. But what if, in, 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 God, in the wisdom of God, the Lord was to, 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 to preach, use that minister who they're talking badly about to save one of their children's souls? Well, that was intent. And they're speaking, they're deliberately speaking badly of those ministers behind their backs, or whatever it may be. And they're doing a great disservice to themselves. They're bringing a great hurt upon their own souls and that of their, their children. Do we make every opportunity, do we, do we, do people make every opportunity to criticize them or to complain? This, this again, like I said, will be to the spiritual hurt of our sons and daughters. We must love God's people, God's ministers, and teach our children to do so as well and have a deep respect for them all. It's so important that if any man, like I said, have an issue with anyone in the church of Jesus Christ, it's best to resolve it privately and personally in love and humility and meekness, to never make a show of it, as it were. That is such a dishonor to the Lord. Always have in mind the Lord's honour in everything that we do in life. It's not about me, it's not about you. It's about the honour of the Lord. It's about his honours at stake here. How is his name going to be honoured? What, what are people going to think if his name is honoured? What, what will become of the gospel, the saving gospel, the transforming gospel, if his name is dishonoured? We must always have the Lord's honour at stake. Let us now consider our third point of application, that is to rise up before the hoary head, to respect those in civil authority. So we thought about the home, we thought about the church of Jesus Christ. Now we're thinking about how this deep obedience to respecting God's, God's ordained authority in our homes and in our churches, how that outpours naturally if we're truly following the Lord in this respect, to society itself. Scripture teaches us that we should obey those who rule over us in the civil sphere. We must pay our taxes. We must, we obey, we must obey laws of the land. I mean, I don't like paying taxes. I don't think anyone likes paying taxes, but we've got to do it. We, we must obey the laws of the land. We must render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto the Lord what is the Lord the only time the only time we are permitted to disobey the authorities authority civil authority is when it goes expressly against the Lord's word to us that is the only time and even then it must be done in great concern and fear such as if someone says well you've got to call this person a man and not a woman. Or you cannot preach the gospel. Well, it's better to honour the Lord than man's word. 
isn't it, in that case? I just would like to read to us uh, 1 Peter 2 verse 13 in this respect. That's 1 Peter 2 uh, 13 through 20. It says, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the, to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for, for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as, as the servants of God, honour all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honour the king. Servants be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the froward. For this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience, for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults ye shall take it patiently? But if, when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. <clears throat> we think, in particular, in this particular case, we think about David. How he was on the run from Saul for over a decade, as it were. God's anointed Saul. He hunted him down for many many years and David it was put into David's hands to take Saul's life wasn't it he, he could have very easily taken his life and and seemingly got rid of those woes as it were but he didn't did he he didn't because he had respect unto the Lord's anointed the one who was persecuting them the one that caused them over a decade of heartache and pain as it were, he had respect unto the Lord's anointed. He would not dare touch a finger, as it were, on Saul. And it's very telling of us, isn't it? We must have this deep respect because it's God who has ordained these things. And you know what? Sometimes when it humbles us, it's for our good. It's a good thing that I've been afflicted. Sometimes these things happen for a grand and greater purpose, unbeknown to us. We must respect God's ways. When respect for authorities that God has ordained is cultivated in our homes and in our churches, it naturally spills out into society. Believers are not to follow the crowd, as it were, in its mocking behaviour of the police, of local authorities, and any such thing. Tearing down statues, as it were, tearing down the history, it's mocking behaviour of the police. We must not follow the culture in this respect. We're better than that as Christians. We must follow the word of God. Lest we give the enemy room to blaspheme the name of our Lord. So important that we take these truths on board. Um, Again, let me just read that text. Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head, the white head, the aged head, the elderly head, and honour the face of the old man, and fear thy God. I am the Lord. Do we rise up every morning with a deep respect and reverence for the Lord and his honour, to bring honour, for his name to be hallowed, 
in our lives? Do we come with this reverence? Is it, is, is, is it being manifest in our lives and how we, how we respect and treat and honour others as well? Or, do, or, or are we a mocker, as it were? Are we going along with the culture, as it were? Are we thankful? Are we thankful to the Lord that we should, that we should be under, under this wonderful, uh, under what we should be under his grace? Are we thankful to him? Will we listen and have respect to his words? He is the ancient of days. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the ultimate in authority. Will we listen to him? Will we take comfort? The Lord is the most ancient of days. He is all wise. He is worthy of all honour and praise. He is the one that we go to for counsel, don't we? He is the ultimate authority in our lives. That's where, where authority must come from, not the culture, not cultural pragmatism. His word Dear friends, and counsel is perfect. This is what we must embrace again. And just, just so finally, I just want us, in the scriptures we are called Christian soldiers, aren't we? Christian soldiers. And a soldier is one who is orderly. There must be order. And a soldier is one who willingly accepts authority in their lives as a soldier. This is true, isn't it? In marriage it's true. In the home it's true, in the church of Jesus Christ it's true, in society it's true. A Christian soldier must accept authority and must accept and must be orderly. There must be regiment, as it were. And we must learn of these things and apply these things. It's not enough just to say these things. We must pray, Lord, help me to be someone that is like this, that does show respect to, to authority, that has a healthy respect to authority in all the walks of life, to embrace my role, because one day I might be an authority, or if I am an authority and I'm abusing it, well, one day, well, the Lord will very quickly can knock that down, like he did with Nebuchadnezzar. There's a balance, isn't there, these things? But as Christian soldiers, dear friends, let us walk orderly, humbly, reverently, respecting the Lord, having reverence to him and, of course, to our fellow man as well. Amen.